absolutely. I don't think wholeness and enoughness is a place you arrive. I think it's a journey, but it's, it's something you begin to feel. Hey, Sarah Marie Thompson here from Wild and Creative. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here because we are going to be diving into fun ways to increase your personal power and everyday magic on every single episode. Kasha is an intuitive coach, healer, and Akashic Records reader. Kasha is on a mission to empower spiritual creative women in their 40s and beyond to thrive and remember their wholeness and enoughness. As you know, Sarah, many of us who are on this journey are on it really out of desperation, right? It, it all starts always with a dark night of the soul. And mine happened to be after my kids were born. I was not expecting the depth of um, woundedness that would open up in me after I had my two kids. And they're like, they're amazing people. They're teenagers now and they're, they're just great. But when I, when I first became a mom, I really, really struggled and um, felt like I was pretending a lot, you know, and, and then with that came all the shame of, well, moms aren't supposed to feel that way. And so I, I needed something because I was, I had really bad postpartum depression and I was suicidal and moms aren't supposed to feel that way. Right, yeah. So I, I dove into, uh, first Wayne Dyer, his work was the first that, uh, was given to me by my mom. Like she, she gave me the power of intention and I had no idea what he was talking about, but something at some level resonated and I knew that I needed more. And so that led me on a huge long path for the last like 15 years. My son's 15 and a half. And one thing led to another. And eventually I heard about this thing called the Akashic Records and I thought, I need that. Like, I, I don't know what that is, but I need that. And so I had a couple readings done and, and didn't love it, to be honest with you. It was kind of raw and icky for me. It, was, it really felt like um, someone took my name, went somewhere, grabbed a bunch of information that was to the tune of, you're doing great, and then emailed it to me. And I was like, really? Like, what? what? <laughs> you know, and I had tarot readings and all these things. And, and gotten more out of them than the Akashic Records. And so um, eventually, this, this is going back several years, and eventually I came across a teacher who was teaching others how to open their own records. And I thought, okay, this I can manage. So I, I studied with her, learned how to do it myself, and that's when my healing really, really, um, I'm going to say expedited or accelerated because I finally was able to get answers to my own questions in practical like real words instead of just you're doing great. Anybody could say that they are a reader, right? But there are mm -hmm. there are a few things that you really need to know about yes. that. I realized that it's not enough just to ask for a reading. You have to know how to ask quality questions because if you have general questions, you're going to get general answers. And that was kind of where I was at. Mm -hmm. And so learning how to ask really good pointed questions about specifically what I want to know, you know, my like generational patterns, pain, whatever it is, 
there's ways to ask those questions. And so now when I do this work with clients, I send them a whole prep sheet going, these questions work, these don't, these will give you nonsense, these will give you like actual real answers. So yeah, definitely um, looking back, of course, hindsight, right, is always perfect. So with a lot of my community, I, I talk about exact questions when it comes to intuition. And I found um, the records will always tell us what we're most ready to hear. So we might think we want to know it all. But if we're not ready at, you know, whatever level, the records know that the, the beings in there will make sure that we feel safe, that we feel completely guided and loved. And that is priority. Um, you're not going to be told something you're not ready to hear. And you know, you could sort of take it or leave it if that works for you. But I found it's actually, it's such a loving, amazing experience. And, and we're always given choice. They're never, they will never tell you, you must do this. They will give you your choices and possibilities. And then you get to decide, yes, I'll do this. No, I won't. So just so everybody knows, can you kind of dive into like, what exactly is the Akashic Records? What's the story with it, right? And how can we kind of look at that? Sure, absolutely. It's a great question. So the Akashic Records, it's something that's been around probably as long as time. It used to be um, a very secretive thing. Not everybody was able to access it just because, you know, humanity hasn't always had the level of awareness that we do now. And so it was typically kept to sages and, and um, spiritual masters who would be able to go in there and read these things. And over time, as we've been asking for more, uh, teachers have appeared that now teach how to do this. Basically, the Akashic records are like a, a vibrational archive of the soul. So the word Akash comes from uh, the Sanskrit language. It means primary substance. And it's, if, if you've ever heard of like the zero point field or the morphogenic field where everything originates, from my understanding, that's where the Akash is also housed. And it's so sensitive that it records, it's like a, I guess, like a recording device that records all our thoughts, uh, decisions, emotions throughout all our incarnations. So often when I go in there, I'm, and the client asks, you know, like, what is the, the origin of this particular struggle I'm experiencing? I will receive my information in the form of thoughts, emotions, um, many times pictures as well. And I'm shown the lifetimes where certain decisions were made that by that individual as that incarnated soul in that lifetime that then led to the impact of, you know, whatever they're dealing with now. Right. So it, it's quite interesting um, because even though I'm being shown what they decided, what they went through, it's still always in a very loving um loving perspective because it's from the perspective of their soul that that doesn't necessarily feel emotion right so it's really interesting now you mentioned woundedness you use that word and i actually wrote it down because i was like i want to bring that up again because that is a really interesting word to use and i think you kind of dove into you know how be, how getting to the akashic records and um i'm assuming you know all the work that you've been doing as well learning about wayne dyer as first and foremost and then moving into a lot of other things what would you say that the woundedness really stemmed from do you do you think that it was you know becoming a mother and that kind of thing or, or do you think that it was something deeper than that well, since we're going to go there, let's go there. Um, <laughs> when I had my kids, I was, I was very young. I was, you know, early in my 20s. And it felt like 
I was a slave to my life because I blamed having these beings kids, but it, it felt like I wasn't ready. And so I like, I literally felt like a slave and I, I actually, and yes, I'm going to say this, I regretted becoming a mom for many, many years. And, and as you can imagine, Sarah, the shame that that exploded inside me, um, like it was unbearable. And of course, I didn't become aware that this is what the wound was until many years later, until I went into my Akash. And so as I asked questions and got trained and, and like, I, I, gosh, I have so many, you know, different certifications because I needed to, to heal from this because I didn't want to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Not just because women aren't supposed to, but like I personally didn't, like I knew there had to be a way to connect to my children, to to connect with this role of mother without the pain that I felt. And I didn't care how long it took me, I was going to find it. And so when I went into my Akashic Records and I asked about this, it took me back to a lifetime where I was a slave woman who was um, charged with the care of a, a family's uh, children. They had seven children and these children were awful, like just the most horrible brats you could imagine and of course being in the position that I was in in that lifetime it was all my fault and I was uh, treated accordingly so lots of grisly details that sort of thing was a very very emotional reading for me but when I came out of it it all made sense emotionally why I felt that way and of course validated for well in a way right just feeling probably a, a sense of I understand why it's not yes. just me, like all that burden and guilt that you'd put on yourself. Yes. And, and I was able to, you know, ask for the healing, have that cleared away. And, and, you know, there's more to it. There's more decisions and learnings and things like that, but that was basically the gist. And, and since then I've, I've just been like a reborn mother. It's, it's, I finally understand what it's like to, to love being a mom. Whereas before that it was, it wasn't like that at all. So interesting. And I'm so glad that you kind of had that full circle journey for yourself, right? Because a lot of people, no matter what they're doing, they're probably struggling with something, right? And they feel that, I mean, I've even had those moments where you're just like, it's just me. Like there's no, there's nothing else. It's just me. There's something wrong with me. And that's, that's a really, um, it's not a good headspace to be in to say that there's something wrong with you, right? I, I know that I always try to catch myself, even if I'm going kind of like down that rabbit hole or what have you. I would love to know, um, you, you talk about, you know, wanting to bring wholeness and enoughness into the women that you work with. What does that really look like for you? Well, I find that women especially, and I know men too, but women tend to feel more and and talk about it more. We often, when something goes well, we think we don't deserve it. And when something goes poorly, we're like, oh, that's my fault. And I just think that's absolute BS, you know, for myself, for, for all other women. And so by doing this work, by, by, choosing every day to remember that we are more than our emotions we are more than our thoughts and using the tools that we have we can connect to who we really are at the core and so it sounds so simplistic you know because we're all divine beings and i we all intellectually know that but we don't always feel it and so many of us have a past that's really really crappy whether it's from this lifetime or another lifetime and I feel like the, the generations that are alive now, we've been charged with clearing that. And, you know, women, especially the nurturers, the mothers, the healers, there, there's so many wounds 
they're coming up because now we have the ability to get through them and thrive on the other side. And so that's the mission I'm on because if, if I'm able to heal from the, the, what I described to you before, the shame, the guilt that I experienced after my kids were born, then you can heal from anything. I don't care if you've had trauma or drama in your past. If you're willing to do the work, then you're, you can heal. And so the wholeness and enoughness is really what you find once you, you can like fill that emotional void, understand why, come back to yourself. And then from there, you're at a, at a, like a neutral zone where you can build whatever you want. And, and happiness often has been touted as this reward. Like when I lose the weight, get the house, get the job, get the guy, then I'll be happy. But what about being happy just because you can be mm-hmm. and, and that being a state of being not because it's some reward you're after. Right. So, yeah. so the mission I'm on is really to get women through those generational patterns, through that pain and then build from there and thrive moving forward because they can be happy just because they want to be. Why do you think people strive for that? When I blank, then I'll be happy. Why, where do you think that that really comes from? Do you think it is that validation or that kind of like gold star or that check mark, you know, like we would receive in like school or what have you that's like, yes, you did this. So now you can have this, but it must be coming from a very internal place, right? Where, you know, when you say to yourself, you know, I'm finally going to book that vacation when I lose 10 pounds, but for some reason that 10 pounds like never comes where, yeah, if you book that vacation, then you'd have that motivation right so do you think it's a bit of a self-sabotaging totally or I think it's a it's a cultural belief system you know there's there's all kinds of examples of people in the poorest most developing countries having internal joy even though they have nothing and yet here in North America and parts of Europe um, we are you know we're we're go-getters we're we're motivated and we we put um, effort on like the pedestal of virtue, right? If we work hard, the American dream, the Canadian dream, whatever you call it, it's, it's then will be rewarded. Even the whole idea of, um, you know, going to school, getting a job, working there for however many years, retiring, and then your life starts. I think it's a very old way of thinking. It's definitely changing one person at a time because, you know, for those of us who are entrepreneurs and stuff, we're, we're forging our own way not because it's all rainbows and unicorns, but because we, we know there's a different way. You don't have to work for 40 years and then be happy. We can be happy now. And so it's, it's a slow going process, grassroots to begin with. But I definitely think it, it is a cultural belief system that needs to shift in order for us to be able to step into, um, to not looking at happiness as a reward, but actually living it. And, you know, there's lots of good examples of it. It's just a matter of believing that it's possible for ourselves. Right. Because when we can really just like embody that emotion that we're striving for or whatever it is at the end, right. It's kind of like that whole pathway to get to that emotion. Now it doesn't matter. It is, doesn't even need to take place, right? Like our journey Mm -hmm. to get there because we have it now. What are some of the success stories or even like just amazing transformations that you've seen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's so many. Um, The one that comes to mind is a woman who, wanted to have children couldn't ended up having multiple multiple miscarriages throughout her life and her and her husband ended up not being able to and she same carried that that shame of well what kind of woman isn't allowed you know able to have kids and being able to come through that get the lessons and then now she's working with 
women as a healer who also have experienced pregnancy loss and helping you know them heal that pain so that's one that always sticks out for me because um it it just goes to show it doesn't matter what circumstance you have if you want to get through it and you want to come out the other side feeling whole you can women who have experienced um marital affairs there's women who have experienced you know bad divorces breakups that sort of thing women who are struggling with weight loss because it no matter what your outside circumstances are they're always pointing back to something inside you even though it's not your fault right there's a big distinction between blame and responsibility it's not your fault that all this stuff happened but it's your responsibility to um, to do whatever you can in your life to to have the best life, right? Mm -hmm. So if your husband cheats on you, or if you're you know forty pounds overweight, somehow at whatever level you contributed to that in your life, and when when shit hits the fan, <laughs> right? You can either wallow in self pity, which I have done, right? Like I <laughs> been there, done that, got the t-shirt, or you can then do something about it, work through it and uh and realize that okay this was that was actually the best thing that happened to me because now i am so empowered i realize who i am you know all those things wholeness enoughness that's why it's that's what i strive for with every client so when it comes to an akashic records reading um i've had a couple before and obviously like we had talked about at the beginning you know it really does um matter i think who's giving you the reading right mm -hmm. now obviously being an akashic records reader you do have to have a level of heightened awareness or heightened in intuitiveness if that makes mm -hmm. sense right mm -hmm. and so obviously every akashic records reading is going to be different than the other one right so for example if you ask the same questions with one person you might end up obviously getting different answers with the other person see we know that everybody's different they're going to give you mm -hmm. giving different answers but is there like a general storyline you know what i mean that has mm -hmm. happened like throughout time that technically everybody should be picking up on some things on there, there are different ways to access the records and from my understanding there are different parts of the records so what i the way I access it, access it is I go to the heart of the Akashic Records. The readings I've had, I think, possibly accessed other parts because I, I received very different information. Mm. When I do a reading, I receive my information in <clears throat> thoughts, emotions, pictures often. And what I'm always shown is the emotion or the decision that was made, but through the veil of the um, absolute love that the soul feels and that the soul lives in. So, you know, my soul, your soul is incarnated into this body or, or your body or, you know, whoever is incarnated into their body, but, but that's only a very small percentage of their soul. And I, I couldn't tell you how much, but the greater part of us is still in the divine, right? It's in the field. And so I get to see whatever decisions a person made throughout their lifetimes through that veil of love. Mm -hmm. So it's not seen, it's not shown to me as a decision that was like really bad or really great. It was simply a decision that was made that that person then lived out their life and died often having kept that decision as one that they made. Mm -hmm. And because, um, you know, when we run patterns, like for example, I'll, I'll come back to my example of when I had that lifetime as that slave woman. 
the decision I made is that I would never have children because they are the worst, like the worst possible thing to experience in your life. And that's the decision that that incarnation died with. And so then, um, you know, obviously I've had many lifetimes, but it came to a head in this life when it was time to resolve it. And so when it's time to resolve it, that is often the biggest pain in your life. And so as far as like a path to follow is, yeah, you make a decision at one point and then you probably have a bunch of other lifetimes where you may be aware of it, maybe not, but then you'll eventually get to a place where you are aware of it because it's like the biggest pain in your butt in that lifetime or the biggest uh, wound or, you know, the biggest shame. And then you have the opportunity to look at it um, you know, dig down or whatever, get the lessons out of it and heal through it. And so even though I'm being shown the information through that veil of love, it's, it's, it's us in the human body that feel the, the pain of it or the joy of it. The soul just feels love. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I always think that that is such an interesting concept too. I mean, to think that, you know, whether you believe in reincarnation or not, patterns are still patterns until they're fixed or until they're identified and then something's done about them right so would you say that um i mean the akashic records is always there to show us obviously a pattern or something like that that we have lived out throughout the years until in this lifetime we're actually here to say okay i'm going to either heal this or correct this or clear this or do something about it right and then mm -hmm. it'll go away mm-hmm yeah, and, I mean, even if you if, if you're not someone who believes in reincarnation, if you're more of a science person, you know the, the whole study, the whole field of epigenetics, they have shown that certain um, experiences come down through our DNA. You know, they, they've done all kinds of studies with mice and rats and things where, um, when a rat learns something, like seven generations later, their offspring still know that, and it's like an innate habit or an innate instinct. So it doesn't, you don't have to believe in the Akashic Records, you don't have to believe in past lives, but you're right, patterns are patterns, and sometimes, often, you know, because of where we come from, because of who our family was, and, and the family history, we will be experiencing certain patterns of thought or behavior, and often we don't even know where it comes from. And it's only when it blows up in our face in some way that we're, we're like, oh my gosh, like, I'm not just my mother, I'm like my grandmother and my great-grandmother. <laughs> right <laughs> I love it how do you how do you feel that the Akashic records can help our world right now like as a whole like how do you what mm -hmm. do you what do you feel is the is the reason that it's really like popping up in so many places people are really diving into it I mean obviously yes individuals want to help each other on um you know a heart mm -hmm. on a heart level but what do you think the real reason is for that it it's showing mm -hmm. up now at this time I think the main reason is because we've been asking, like everybody wants to know. And, and like I keep saying, I'm kind of a nerdy person. So I like to understand the why. And for some reason, when I know the why behind a certain wound or, or a certain pattern, it's kind of like, oh, well, that explains it. Okay, great. Now I can kind of let it go. So for me personally, it fills in that gap that my human brain wants to understand the backstory. Um, I tend to attract clients who who's want to know the same thing, like, why is this in my life? And I think it has to do maybe with permission, because as soon as we know the why, then it's like we're giving ourselves 
permission to then let it go. Whereas before we, we understand the story behind the story, then we think, well, I have to keep this until I do understand it, right? So I think we're getting to a place where perhaps we could at some point just give ourselves permission just to let things go without knowing the why. But for now, that's the best reason I can come up with is people are asking, they want to know, you know, how did I get here? What is my story? Why do I keep struggling with the same crap over and over? Like, what is this hamster wheel all about? And obviously there's other ways of, of finding out, but what I have found is the Akashic Records is the most accurate and the quickest. If, if, again, if you, if you ask the, the right questions, right? It's the, the quality of the question always dictates the quality of the answer you receive. So it's interesting. At the, at the beginning of our conversation, I wanted to ask you about, you know, just your way dire experience at the very beginning, right? And talk about the perceptual lens. So mm -hmm. the perceptual lens is, you know, essentially, you know, you are only going to be ready to perceive information as, as, as you grow and as you expand, right? You read mm -hmm. one book three years ago, you didn't read it properly or like you didn't get anything out of it. You read it again now and you're ready for it. Right. Mm -hmm. And you've grown and expanded, but maybe that really is the answer too, as to, you know, why the Akashic records are really popping up right now. Right. And why we're really yeah. diving and expanding into them. We are ready to perceive whatever it is, right. We are ready for yeah. this information and maybe, you know, although of course they were around 20, 30 years ago, maybe it just wasn't the time. Right. So absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, Hindsight is always one of those things that we can use it to beat ourselves up and judge ourselves, or we can use it to, to empower ourselves and like unlock ourselves. And, and uh, sure, if I had heard about the Akashic Records when I first got this wound, would I have thought it was enough? Like, would it, would it have given me the permission to let that story go? And probably not, because I was still too invested in being a victim. And so the, the road I took, all the steps really helped me to shed that and become fully empowered, fully whole, fully enough. And it took me a long time, right? Someone else might not take a long time or it might even take longer. It doesn't matter though, because we get there when we get there. And that's the only thing that counts. This is a super personal question and not just for you. I'd ask this to anybody, but you know, do you feel 100% whole at this moment? Do you feel as though there are other things that you need to bring into your life that you're continuously striving for? Or have you reached a place where you're like, no, I'm good. Like, what, what is it for you? So there's definitely like physical experience I still want to have in this life um, for fun to just to experience them, you know, to grow all that stuff. But even if I never achieve those things like you know I want to travel to different places or I want to own a house with a view at some point if I never did it wouldn't impact who I am and who I have become because of that story that I've had mm -hmm. so on that hand like is my life fully physically whole well yeah I mean it's missing a couple things physical things but on an emotional level and on a spiritual level I would say I am definitely more whole um, 100% I mean as, as good as I've gotten like today I feel better than I ever have ever so I would say I'm as whole as I am now there's always obviously room to grow so I think we um, I think it's kind of like a comfort zone you know we, we get into this place where we're like feeling really good but then you wake up in the morning and, and you're still afraid and I'm still afraid all the time but that doesn't cloud the fact that 
I know I'm whole. I know I'm enough. And it's simply, simply an emotion I'm feeling because of, you know, whatever. So I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah. Like, would you say to say to anybody, you would you say that that really is kind of like the answer for being your absolute best self moving forward in every day is to feel as whole and complete and as enough as you possibly can each and every day. We all know that we are one. We all know that we're technically enough. But then, as you practice these, you know, mindset tools, or you practice all these things that I've learned to practice it begins to seep in to your cells or your being. And then you don't like, like we don't question gravity, right? We know it intellectually, but we know that gravity is going to stick us to the earth. We don't have to worry about it or the sun's going to come up tomorrow. It has become that kind of knowing where I don't question it. Sometimes I forget it, but I don't ever question it anymore. Which is living from a really powerful place because I think a lot of people that's the issue, right? Is getting to that place of just internal knowing where it's like, without a doubt, you wake up in the morning, I am enough. And I have everything coming towards me, like, you know, creating that momentum and manifesting everything I want, right? Mm-hmm. And that I think that really is, you know, the, the piece that a lot of people are, are striving for, or mm-hmm. aren't even aware of that they're missing. Right? Yes. Because then that guilt or that fear or whatever the emotions are, like really kind of get in there. And then it's just like, you know, well, that's why it's not coming. Right. So mm-hmm. totally different, totally different um, sides to the sides to living the same life, essentially. Right. Yes. Now, you're not just an Akashic Records reader. You're also um, an intuitive and a healer. Can you tell us a little bit about that part of your business and the work that you do? The first thing I dove into was neuro-linguistic programming, which really gave me an understanding of how the unconscious mind works, how it works in conjunction with the conscious mind, how we form beliefs, how we can change them, how, how behavior works. That led me to um, discovering energy work because of the teacher that I had and, and studied with. And even though like NLP is amazing because it, it gives language such power to help someone shift, energy combined with that energy work gets the job done even faster because we're all energy, right? We we're just frequencies vibrating. I dove into um, transpersonal psychology. So I went back to school, got a whole bunch of education in that and, and just have constantly studied on the energetic side of things, which um, I guess awakened my intuition and, and I began to see energy around people. I began to like know things about them. And when people would ask me questions, I was able to tap into answers that they're like, whoa, how did you know that? I was, I don't know. Like, I can't make this stuff up. Honestly, sometimes things come through that, like, you can't make this stuff up (laughs) when I'm doing readings or when I'm doing healing, but it's always exactly what the person needs to know. And then the other cool thing that started happening is I started seeing images. um, After sessions with clients, I would see, like, pictures that that would not leave me alone it would be like getting a song stuck in your head in the worst way and so I started painting them because like they wouldn't leave me alone and it was to the point where if I was driving I would have like this painting come down downloaded in front of my face and I couldn't see so I'd have to pull over and sketch it and promise to do something with it and then I could keep going so like it got dangerous so I had to really 
explore, okay, so what is intuition? How do I work with it? How do I learn to build a container around it so that it only happens when I want it to, mm -hmm. as opposed to like knocking me over the head just to have me pay attention. Yeah. Every client I work with, um, I paint an image for because it just comes, it gives me like no choice. Um, so that's just like a really fun side thing of, of intuition for me personally. So would you say that you are a very creative person, like from the core, like very physically creative? Have you always been very physically creative? I've always been creative. I'm happiest when I'm doing things with my hands, whether it's, it's like knitting or, or cooking or digging in the dirt in my garden. It's always been something that I've done ever since I was really little. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it when people, you know, bring it back to basics and actually create with their hands, right? Mm -hmm. We can be creating on the computer all day long, but realistically there is that whole kind of like theta brainwave intuitive state that really comes through when you're actually physically working on something. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's you experience flow. Like I, you know, I write stories and just things that I love to do personally. Obviously, I'm not a professional story writer or whatever, but it's I always find when I'm in that creative flow, that's when the ideas start to come. So when you get stuck in business or whatever, it's it seems counterintuitive to go out and dig in the dirt, but but that's what makes sense is to go and do something totally different where your mind just like shuts the hell up and you can tap into that. I mean, you can be working on something like gardening, painting, what have you for like two hours and be like, I didn't think about anything for two mm -hmm. hours, right? And that's a really cool kind of place, yeah. a mindfulness place to come from. What would you say to people that are you know, listening to our conversation and they're thinking, okay, Akashic Records, that would be cool. That would be like, that would be interesting for me to like find out some information. Maybe I'd learn a thing or two, or maybe I'd be able to clear something or, or, mm -hmm. you know, remove it from my situation, my reality. What is the first step that they need to do um, in order to get their Akashic Records read? So they're welcome to check out my website. That's where um, I've got a couple different sessions that I offer. I also offer um, more long-term work because it's, it's one thing to get some information and be like, oh yeah, that's cool. But then it's quite another thing to implement it and to do something with it. Like I was mentioning before, it's you know, filling the hole, resolving the emotional pain, the mental pain, clearing the patterns. That's really one aspect of the work if you don't do anything from that place of neutrality from that foundation that you create after healing you will have what I call what my girlfriend coined this term for me it's a post-healing apocalypse mm. because here you get to this amazing place of clarity and and wholeness and enoughness and then you you keep repeating the same habits over and over because we're all stuck in routine. You don't do anything different. That's where the coaching comes in. And, and I always encourage everyone to, to, you know, whether it's me or whoever, you need something that you're working towards. Well, no, I mean, the whole process is so interesting. And I think that everybody should really look at their self-development as a lifelong process, yes. right? It's not like, you know, you say to someone, well, have you done any kind of inner work? And they're like, yeah, I did a couple years ago. It's like, well, that's not <laughs> like, what is that? That's not <laughs> um, so it's, it's always something for you to be looking at and exploring in different avenues too, right? I mean, mm -hmm. just like there are so many different healing modalities and so many different methods that people can tune into and really start to um, incorporate into their life. It's all about really checking out too, like what feels really good to you, what really resonated well with you. And, you know, mm -hmm. maybe that's going to be kind of a new tool for a while. I know yeah. that I have, you know, 
probably adapted, you know, 20, 25 different tools into my life and I use them all at different times, right? So Akashic Records, you know, let that, whoever's listening, let that be something that you, you know, adapt into your life as a tool, um, mm -hmm. at least have the experience, right? And see what yeah. up for you. You might be very pleasantly surprised and, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and might change a lot of parts of your life right so for sure and just like any tool you know it's it's a tool if you use it it, it will not work just in and of itself you got to be the one that actually commits and participates this is like a it's a do with process there's nothing that is done to you you can't go to the gym and get abs just by hiring a personal trainer like you actually have to show up <laughs> and yes. do the work so yeah i love it adopt whatever tool works for you and then please use it Until next time, feel free to check out wildandcreative.com where you can find me as well as a ton of other fun, magical, creative activities for you to take part in. Thank you for listening.